How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live once again in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, October 8th, 2019. And I mean, guys, quite frankly, we're going to talk about NFL today on the podcast. It's me, me and Brett breaking everything down for y'all. But before Brett joins the show, you know, I already know what I got to do. I got to rant about my Atlanta freaking Falcons. And honestly, guys, I'm pretty pissed off right now. I mean, We're the second worst team in the NFL, only the Dolphins are worse than us at allowing points per game. I mean, the Atlanta defense has been awful, and there's no excuse for it. I mean, Dan Quinn is an offensive coach, guys. He's a defensive coach. That means the defense is supposed to be good. The defense has been absolutely awful under Dan Quinn. Realistically, the only time the defense was ever good under Dan Quinn was during his um, playoff run that we had in those playoff games, except for the second half of the Super Bowl. Oh, I barely even want to think about that. It makes me so mad. Our defense was good, except, I mean, I mean, defense was good in the playoffs, except for that point. Other than that, they weren't even good in the regular season. We outscored everybody. Honestly, after watching Kyle Shanahan last night, it was all Kyle Shanahan and never Dan Quinn. I mean, I wish we could have somehow kept Kyle Shanahan and not had Dan Quinn. He's a horrible game manager. I can't tell you the amount of times that he's just been awful at managing the game and saving time. Like, ugh, guys, it's just so frustrating watching everything. I mean, Matt Ryan's out here throwing three, four hundred yards a game, four, three, four touchdowns. I mean, and we have no run game either anymore. I don't think Sarkeesian was ever the problem. I think it was just the fact that our defense sucked and we couldn't do it under Dan Quinn. I mean, I'd say we were decent that year when we lost to Philadelphia in the playoffs on the defensive side of the ball. But other than that, this defense has never been what it's supposed to be under Dan Quinn. And quite frankly, that's been our problem. Look, the Falcons aren't done yet. If we lose this week at Arizona, we have to get rid of Dan Quinn. I'm going to stay positive, guys, and hope somehow we can win this game this week and somehow hope we can turn this thing around. There's still time to turn it around, guys. Arthur Blank said he's not moving on from Dan Quinn. He still thinks he can get it done. Somehow, guys, we got to hope that we can turn it around and get this thing done. Now, I just feel like, guys, that you know, there's just a point in time where the coach's message becomes old and it doesn't really work. I know the locker room likes Dan Quinn, but I just feel like, you know, his time's up. You know, he had his chances, and we, quite frankly, we blew it. We lost it. We missed our chances and our opportunities, and now the window closed with this Atlanta team with Dan Quinn. You know, I feel like we need to move on from certain pieces. We need to bring in new coaching. Now, obviously, we go on a, on a little run here and get back in the playoff mix. Things are different, but I mean, the Texans have the worst offensive line in the NFL, arguably. Deshaun Watson gets sacked so much, and we didn't even get a damn hit on the quarterback. It was awful. It looked like he had all day back there. I mean, there's just no excuses for how bad this, off, this defense has played, man. I mean, we got to be better than what we have done this season is the Falcons defense. It's just frustrating, guys. You know, watching this team, this product every single Sunday, it's getting frustrating. It's getting old. I mean, I don't think that we need to bring in a boy genius coach necessarily. I think that we should look, you know, to get a veteran coach. Would love to see the Steelers fire Mike Tom when we get him. Would love to bring in Joe Brady. I will rant more about Joe Brady on future podcasts, but basically he is the passing coordinator now for LSU. He was it for the Saints. I mean, the spacing and what he's done with the talent LSU brings in needs to be brought up a lot more. I really love what Joe Brady's done. I would love to see him in Atlanta being this offensive coordinator. That's where you need the boy geniuses on the offensive side. You don't want him as the head coach. You want a veteran who knows how to manage the game and coach the game doing that. You want someone who's an offensive coordinator solely focusing on that so they can put all their attention towards it. I think it's personally the best way to do it. Have a head coach, then have a defensive and offensive coordinator. I love the boy genius, though, as the offensive coordinator in Joe Brady. Love to see the Falcons do it. But quite frankly, guys, we're doing what we need to on offense. We need the defense to step up. Falcons defense can step up here in the next couple weeks. We can turn the season around. If it doesn't, guys, DQ's going to be out of here. So Falcons... I need a defense. Let's rise up one last time. Let's get on a winning streak here. We've got back-to-back games at home. I mean, shoot, if we can beat Seattle and the Rams at home back-to-back and beat Arizona, a little three-game win streak, our season is back to life. Let's see what happens here, guys, and hope the Falcons do it. But I'm about to turn things over here to me and Brett as we're about to break everything down for y'all. Welcome back to The Role Player. I am your host, The Role Player, Brett Baker, back after a long-awaited break from podcasting i am back i'm with my good friend thomas penland and we have what we usually have this day in sports history it's been a while it's been a month this day in sports history which is what day is it october 16th it's a wednesday yep yep 2004 Lionel messi makes his 
debut for Barcelona at age 17. Which brings me to our speaking point on this particular event. Who is the best soccer player of all time? Or, well, actually, we won't get into that. Who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? Ooh, I would have to go with Messi. You know, both guys kind of have choked someone in the big game. Obviously, both have still wanted it some, to some extent, just never that you know World Cup title, which is the one that Messi's always wanted. I'd have to go with Messi, though. I think he's had the better career, and he's just been with this one club for the same amount of time. So, you know, I think it makes it a little better. Okay. I'm going to go with Ronaldo, and I'm going to use the basketball the only way I know how to speak about things like this. So I'm going to do Ronaldo is your LeBron James. Truly. I think he's like good at everything. I think he's an easy plug and play in any lineup. He works, but Messi is more. So you're like, you're like Tim Duncan. Like he's a winner. He's like super fundamental. He's got, the statistics to be a goat. I want to, Tim Duncan's probably the wrong player to use a comparison to, but do you get what I'm saying? I think that Ronaldo is like the LeBron James of soccer and Messi is more so like a, he's a goat. Who's a goat. That's like not LeBron James, but he's Kobe. Let's how about that? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe honestly, I haven't given enough thought really to it before. I, I know we did this I'm, super quick. Something I really thought that deep into. Yeah, honestly, there's never really been one that I've really thought that deeply into. But I'd probably stick with Messi still. I mean, I just feel like that Messi always every single night when I'm watching sports and oh look what Messi did today, hat trick, easy money. But then again, Ronaldo is too. But I mean, both guys. I mean, it's great. It's great though that they both play in the same era. Yeah, you don't really you don't normally get the stars align on goats. Like, there's never really a time in which two goats are playing on opposite teams. You know, like, I mean, really, you don't. LeBron James got the Twilight Kobe. Uh, Kobe got the Twilight MJ. Didn't really happen in basketball. Never has truly aligned. There will at least be two players that are currently playing in the NBA right now that will be top ten players in the league, I think. I agree with you. LeBron James because he's already. I mean, there. you I got Kevin a- Durant and LeBron James in the finals a couple times. Oh yeah, shoot, I forgot about. It. Yeah, you got two right there already. I guarantee you there'll be two more. This era of basketball is so damn talented. Especially the way that they're cl- that they're uh, scoring the ball. You know, Harden gets that ring this year. Him and Westbrook both. Westbrook averages the triple double again. I mean, this is the best era there. of basketball of all time, by far. I completely agree. Some people would disagree with us, but and they can go fuck them themselves, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'll gladly argue that with them. All right, so to move away from this day in sports history, we got to do it. It's just tradition at this point, so cannot break tradition. We're going to move to the biggest news story that we've seen in the last couple days. Uh, I know I have a lot to cover because I've missed a month, but we're only going to cover the last couple days and, I guess, current events. So the Rams traded, I think... Three first round pick or two first round picks? Was it three two or two? Two and a fourth. It was, was two it? and a fourth. It was a tw- it was a twenty twenty a twenty twenty one first and a twenty twenty one fourth, I believe, is what the trade yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. So they traded that to the Rams for Jalen Ramsey, which I don't know exactly what's going on with the Rams ever because they've picked up so many good defensive players and still been bad defensively. That I think they're, it's like they're only like, their defense relies on star plays by star players, but not being a good defense. It's bizarre to me. So I'm not really sure how much it changes. I still don't think they're a great defense, but what are your thoughts on it? Um, I personally don't think they're very defensive. We see him, we saw him get gashed last week on the ground by San Francisco. I think that they're very suspect too to the pass. Um, I, I mean, Tampa, the last three weeks, pretty much they got torn up. Tampa Bay, we saw Jameis Winston tear them to pieces. Yeah, and then we saw him get Seattle scored 30 on him the following game and then 27 to 
San Francisco, who honestly just ran the ball because it was getting later. I don't think their defense is the same since Sue's left. They've been a little weak up the middle. They did dominate that game against the Browns, but that just goes to tell you how bad the Browns' offensive line is and how bad the play calling was. They were running all kind of deep routes, and they're getting no time to throw. I think this defense is a problem, but I think that they didn't even address the real problem. The real problem with this team is offensive line and run game. I mean, running the ball-wise, they're in the bottom half. They're in the bottom half of the league. To be exact with you, I believe mm-hmm. they're the 10th worst team in the league. They're not even averaging 100 yards on the ground per game. Todd Gurley is clearly not the player he used to be, and that's what's going to hold this Rams team back. Also, the offensive line play is not what he used to be, and they can't attack teams from the play action the way they did. That is ultimately why the Rams are going to be bad. I mean, we saw it last year. I think his knee's never going to be the same. They need to unleash Darrell Henderson or Malcolm Brown on these teams and get this run game back. I agree with you there because – the Rams team that we've seen in the past be very successful was successful on the ground. And now we're starting to notice that without that successful run game, that Jared Goff is not somebody that's going to overwhelm you with his quarterback play. To say that lightly. I mean, seriously. I don't know. It's been a couple games since and he has not played well, but that statistic that I shared with you about how in his last 12 games, including playoffs, this was two weeks ago. He had 14 interceptions. No, I think it was 12 interceptions and 14 fumbles to only 14 touchdowns thrown. And that is pathetic. Seriously pathetic. So, I I mean, not who we thought he was. I still think Goff's that good. I mean, I just think that they need, you know, to get better line play. I mean, he's not a superstar, you know, Tom Brady. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to overwhelm you. I mean, yeah, there's very honestly, there's probably about like probably Drew Brees, Deshaun Watson, hey, Pat Mahomes, um, Aaron yeah, Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Those are about the only guys, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, who can play without a good offensive line. You know, they can make up for it with how smart and how good they are, just or and how mobile they are. You know, they can make up for a worse offensive line, but for the most part, you know, guys like Matt Ryan, guys like Philip Rivers. I mean, guys like like even um. The, you know, you know they they all need the offensive line at the end of the day, and that's what Goff's going to need is the offensive line to step up, you know, play better. Also, I mean, I think they just have to get the run game going, and that starts with the offensive line. I agree with you, and I it, the one thing that I wanted to mention before we move on from this subject was, did you see that the Rams actually have under contract three former first-round picks from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think it's Dante Fowler, Blake Bortles, and now Jalen Ramsey. And those are three pretty recent first-round picks. Yeah, maybe, you know, the Rams ha- look, seem to have pretty, pretty decent player development. So, Dude, the Jaguars are their farm system. Maybe they see something system. they don't. Yeah, no, I mean, the Jaguars have had so many, you know, high up first round picks, you'd expect them to be that stacked. You know, they've pretty much been up there in the first round every single year for the last. I mean, they didn't make it back to the playoffs until two years ago, but I mean, they still had their first round picks, you know. Todd Gurley's hurt. His career's going down. They trade for Leonard Fournette. You got another one. Yeah, there you go. Also, though, I will say this about about Jared Goff, too, and besides the offensive line. Seems like all the really successful quarterbacks, you know, they have another superstar that goes with them. I mean, I would even consider Julian Edelman. I mean, the Patriots' whole offense, you know, they had Gronk. I would consider kind of Julian Edelman their superstar now. And they're off. I mean, he's I would agree with you. in the big moments that he's going to, you know, he's going to come up. I wouldn't say he's the sexiest superstar. I mean, the I mean, catch. In the big moments, he's so clutch. The catch, and I hate to bring it up, but that catch, I do not see many players making that catch. Julian Edelman has a certain hey, grit about him that makes him a superstar. And that's the best way to put it. I, oh, yeah. I will, I will say two things. First thing is, I think that catch that he made in the last playoffs was just as good in that in the Chiefs game, the one that looked – I don't know if it was a catch still to this day, but they ruled it one. Yeah. And also, when he made that catch in the Super Bowl, Julio had made one that I thought was pretty darn good a couple of plays before that. And when I saw Edelman make that catch, you know, I feel like there's like a defining catch in every Super Bowl when he made that. Yeah. I was sick to my stomach because I knew that the, was the defining uh, catch of that the modern the youngins would call it the san antonio holmes catch yeah or david tyree gum on the, the david tyree catch. catch uh there's all types of catches from super bowls that are that might be the first one you know how i talked to you about that little thing that i wanted to do the little project 
Yeah. Role player, three episodes a week. Two are current. The other's got to be something else. So that's something to look at. I like that. I like that. That's a good one. Um, I like that we brought this up. Yeah, that is it. I'll I'll let you keep going. I like that one. I'm going to get to it. Honestly, just wait. The people will see that this will be successful. The the next topic that we're going to talk about, I hardly even want to hear what your stupid ass has to say about this, but the question is, are the Eagles... Well, I should reword this. Will the Eagles or the Cowboys, which one, I should say, will win this division? Because I'm still with the boys. I'm a ride-or-die type dude. I'm not worried about it. Our defense has actually been underperforming. Our offense has not played well in the first half of the last three games. I don't think the Eagles' defense has what it takes to withstand an entire season. They're already beat up on both sides of the ball. Helen. Carson Wentz is healthy now, but, I mean, how long is that going to last? Um, You know, you're, I already know you're going to hate this, but I personally think the Eagles will still be able to win this division here. Carson Wentz is the kind of guy who gets better as the game goes on. Like, the Eagles' problem is they're not starting games out good. Like, they started that game out horrible last year. What's the Cowboys' problem, then? Do it on the road to Atlanta. I mean, the Cowboys' problem, honestly, Same thing. injuries. I mean, you have you have Michael Gallup go out. You have Amari Cooper go out. You have the banged-up offensive line. I mean, I'm not saying that Dak Prescott. I mean, I think Dak Prescott's an above-average game manager. I mean, I think he's a, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I'd say he's one of the best. I think he's still worth about – you know, I'd say he's worth about the mid-level contract to a quarterback. I just think that he just doesn't have all his pieces. You know what? You know, and the Cowboys I mean, issue. As much as people want to say that the only quarterback who truly – well, I would say this: the only we hold these quarterbacks to, I think, too high of standards of thinking that they can just do it all by themselves because they're that good. Realistically, the only two quarterbacks who do it by themselves were Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, and that's a bit, goes to show you about how damn hard it is to do it all by yourself. I mean, all these other guys need their superstars, and a lot of Dallas's, you know, have been banged up. And I mean, I would say Zeke honestly was probably a little out of shape from you know just not going through training camp and stuff. I think that they. Still have their growing pains. They played a very easy schedule, you know, to start the season off. I think that's more so what they were seeing. I think they'll be perfectly fine, though. You know, every single team's going to have their growing pains. Uh, well, this is what I'm going to say. I think the Eagles and the Cowboys both make the playoffs. I think the Cowboys win this division because their schedule is easier. And because our defense is going to be better. Our defense is just overall a better defense. We're healthier on that side of the ball. Our two linebackers are not playing particularly well. I think our biggest issue is the fact that the Cowboys will not. I don't know why. They will not take shots downfield. And that is when they are most successful. We've seen them get behind in the past three games. Come out in the second half and feel like they have to do it all at once. Score on big plays. And then we go back into the next game and we try this small ball and control the clock. With Zeke and running it and just completely controlling the play clock. That worked for teams like this in the past. But with our receiving core, we can take shots downfield. And they will work. We are not taking enough shots downfield and that's our issue. That's, I mean, it's pathetic. It looks like Jason um, Garrett I- is getting his hands in the offensive playbook again. No, I definitely agree with you on that. They were taking a lot of shots down the field the first couple of weeks. By the way, do you see Trey Young just hit that buzzer beater? I did not. He just pulled up and hit a three from about five feet behind the three-point line at the buzzer and then did a little shimmy. It was pretty dirty. But anyway, back to the topic. I really like Philadelphia personally. Sure. I think they have an easy. I think they have an easier schedule here down the stretch. Obviously, they got two tough games here, but I think they finished things out pretty easy because I mean, this is the, so this is their last five games of the season. At Miami, then they get the Giants at the Redskins, then they play it, play Dallas at home, then at the Giants. So, I mean, after they play down this tough stretch here, it's pretty easy way for them to finish things off, which I think plays their advantage. But Doug Peterson is a hell of a coach. I mean, we saw this team with their back against the wall walk into Green Bay and probably get, in my opinion, that's the most impressive win in the entire NFL season was that. And honestly, I was really impressed with the Jets beating y'all last week. Those, in my mind, are two of the most impressive wins I've seen so far this season. And, you know, I just... It was a tough loss against against the Jets, I'll say that. 
But at the same time, we had no film on the Sam Darnold, Le'Veon Bell combo. I mean, it's a hard... That's a talented group of players on the Jets' offensive side of the ball, and we started to figure it out at the very towards the backside of the game. But they came out hot, and we did not. And that's what we've done the past three games. So it's all about you know, just being consistent for the Cowboys. I think if they can find any type of consistency, then they will be all right. I'm not too worried about it. I'm glad we get the Vikings at home, though. But, I mean, you also got to think about how injured Philadelphia is. You know, when they had Deshaun Jackson, the deep threat, and all those other guys healthy, it was a really good Philadelphia offense. I think they're about to get everyone healthy at the right time, rally together, and they're going to finish the season strong and win the division. I like Dallas, though, to still make the playoffs as a wild card. We will see. I mean, it's not going to do – I'd love to argue with you all day about it, but I don't think – I don't think we're going to come to any type of conclusion. Oh, for sure. Except for the fact that we both agree that both teams will probably make this playoffs. Yeah, that part for sure. I picked picked Dallas. I mean, I picked – I didn't pick Dallas to make the playoffs. I barely picked them to make it, but I picked Philadelphia to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, so – We'll see what happens. Are you still there. riding high on that Steelers pick? <laughs> no. Well, well, well. I will say this: <laughs> when the Patriots got Antonio Brown, I did change my pick to the Patriots. So you did. I still got my Patriots pick. So things are looking good. I picked the Patriots to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl in the rematch, and so you know, I'm I saw not uh, change it after that. I saw a tweet that said that uh, Bill Belichick is really gonna. Make us watch Jimmy G versus Tom Brady. He probably is. It's <laughs> so ridiculous, dude. I cannot believe it. Ugh. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, the, I, trust me, we're going to get to the 49ers here later. I cannot wait to talk about them. They're a great team, but we'll, we'll talk about it. Next up, though, we're going to talk about is it panic time in Kansas City, which I have mixed feelings about this conversation because, no, it's obviously not completely panic time. Because they're still four and two. Yes, they've lost two in a row. They played some good teams though. I mean, the Colts was a freak, freak game. Uh, good defense. It seemed like Kansas City Chiefs players were dropping like flies out there. Uh, they kind of gathered themselves a little bit. Got to the Texans, and the Texans are a great team, man. And we're we're gonna talk about the Deshaun Watson over versus. Patrick Mahomes, which would you rather have conversation after we get through with this Kansas City talk? Um, I think that I don't think there's any type of panic for Kansas City. Yes, their schedule is hard, but I think they'll be all right. So I did a little uh, search actually this this week when I was thinking about it. Um, so Kansas City has not been running the ball well at all. So not at all. Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City's run game has been trash, and that is their overall problem. Like, I always remember fantasy every single year. I would always draft the Kansas City running back because I was like, Andy Reid loves to use his running backs in the past game, and he gives them the ball a lot, and he always has good ones because he has a great system for running backs. And their running backs have done absolutely nothing. Damian Williams, I mean, they have three 100-yard games this season with the running backs, and they're 3-0 in those games. And then if you look at this now, they're not running the ball. Defense is tired. They're on the field too much. And these other teams are just running the ball, making the defense more tired. And Kansas City's going out there and throwing the ball a bunch because they're getting nowhere in the run game. And they're not moving the ball. Defense goes right back out there on the field, you know. And that's exactly what is happening to Kansas City. And that's what their problem is. I agree with you. I mean, I don't know necessarily – They've dealt with a lot of issues at running back with Damian Williams going out. They really can't decide who they want to give snaps to. And Melvin Gordon actually was quoted recently uh, within the last couple of days about saying that no running back, I don't care who you are, can get in any sort of rhythm with eight carries. And they need to just pick somebody and give them the ball one game just to see what happens. Um, I think that their inability to choose a running back even slightly I mean, the only other team that has a running back by committee like this one, I'd say is the Eagles. And they've kind of dumbed it down to Jordan Howard getting the bulk of the carries with uh, Sanders kind of popping in with pass play and a couple change of pace runs. 
So I think that they just need to simplify this offense, simplify this running back by committee thing that they've got going on and just feed somebody the ball, whether that's LaShawn McCoy or Damian Williams. Give it to him, man. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that they need to find a consistent ball carrier, but I think they just need to just run the ball more plays straight up. You know, like I don't mind having running the ball 30 times a game. I think it's better if you have a more balanced attack. So, you know, if they handed, you know, give or give two guys at least like, you know, 12 carries each 24, you know, something like that, I think is a much better attack. But I mean, I would, you know, I, I think teams are use the running. I just feel like teams just don't really run the ball as much as they used to. They like throwing the ball more to the running back. But I mean, it's clear not working for Kansas City. They need to get back to the basics, and sometimes that's better. But as of the Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, who's better topic? I want to go see. We haven't. We've seen a little more time of Deshaun Watson than we've seen with Pat Mahomes. But ultimately, as much as I want to go with Deshaun Watson, I think Pat Mahomes is better. Pat Mahomes is more gifted than Deshaun Watson is. You know, he's got the really, really strong arm. He can make all these crazy plays. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson is as close to Pat Mahomes as I think there is. I mean, Deshaun Watson, the thing about him, he can make every single play on the field. A lot of people go, oh, he's not that accurate. You know what I mean? But, like, Deshaun Watson is a winner. Like, whenever I watch Clemson play in college, like, yeah, he might have lost to Pittsburgh and thrown four interceptions, but he also did put 44 points on the board, you know. I've never Mm -hmm. really watched Deshaun Watson play and said – I feel like Deshaun Watson could have done more, you know. I feel like that he's that kind of player. So I feel like Deshaun Watson's got like the winner, but Mahomes is definitely the more talented guy. I mm. think these guys though is going to be this is our new like. I really hope this ends up being our new like Manning and Brady because that was. One I think of it is for sure. Watch. I hope it is. I love watching these guys play. They're my two favorite players to watch besides Wilson. I'm gonna say that I would personally. Hmm. It's it's tough. It really is tough. I feel like Deshaun Watson has the better receiving core. Uh, but at the same time, I think that Patrick Mahomes has a better offensive system than Deshaun Watson. I think that both are just as talented as one another in their own respective rights and ways. I think Patrick Mahomes is a little bit better of a thrower. And I think Deshaun Watson's Probably knows how to use his feet a little bit better. I don't know, man. It's it's a tough one. I th- I think I'm still going to go with Patrick Mahomes just because I think he's just generally more talented. Uh, whether he can win or not is still out for debate. Yes, we've seen Deshaun Watson win on a large scale in college football, but we don't really know what he's got in terms of the NFL playoffs. Cause I mean, we really haven't even hardly seen Deshaun Watson play in the playoffs. I granted we've hardly seen Patrick Mahomes as well, but I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these picks. I think if you, for example, if you were to, to use the Tom Brady and uh, Peyton Manning conversation, if you were to go to Bill Belichick and say, hey, which one would you rather have Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? What answer do you think he would give you? Actually, no, Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. Yeah, he might say Peyton Manning, or he might say, you know what, I can probably win with both, so I don't really care. Probably say I can win with both, so I don't really care. Yeah, honestly. So I I think that's the answer. I think I generally feel like you could win with both of these quarterbacks, so pick your choice. Pick your poison. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, You want to do these bets next, or you want to do MLB playoffs uh, let's. You want to hold on the MLB playoffs with um, the postponement tonight or today? Uh, we can say a dash. Uh, congratulations to the Nationals. I can't lie. I'm happy for them because as soon as they won, hours later, Bryce Harper had a birthday and he probably could not focus on celebrating his own birthday because the team that he left is now playing in the World Series so he can go to hell. I don't I I dislike Bryce Harper. I think he completely ruined free agency for baseball. I am happy for the Nationals. Congrats. I think if anything it shows that you're better off paying like using 300 million to pay like 
four or five players than it is to pay, you know, one guy that much money. Look at the Phillies. They went out and spent all the big bucks on like three players and it helped them do nothing. The Nationals instead, they used all that money and they spread it out with various mm-hmm. guys. You know, they brought some young guys up and they just had a great combination. You know, they said we got enough talent and young guys and we'd rather pay the money to Rendon. And I mean, they're right. I'd rather pay the money to Rendon too. I mean, he arguably should have been the MLB. The MVP, and I mean, he, so what do you think that ne- number is for Rendon? Especially if they win the World Series, what do you think that number is? I think I think the Nationals will pay him whatever he wants. Honestly, if they win the World Series, hmm. I feel like they'll probably pay him. I think it'll be somewhere between twenty five. I'd say twenty like seven and a half, but it'll be like a four year deal. I don't think it'll be crazy long. How old is Rendon? He is not very old. I want to say well, last time I checked, he was like still in his 20s. Yeah, I can't remember how old he is. 29, yeah. 29? 29. I'd say he gets a, a five- or six-year deal around 27 a year. It just all depends on what happens. Uh, depends on how he plays. I, dude, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, when a guy comes out, performs like he's performed this season and even last season it's hard to discredit that and I I think that with Bryce Harper's I mean whatever that was during the offseason I think that everything might be a little bit inflated so we'll see maybe it's hard to say what baseball players will get paid nowadays because you never really do know who's willing to take a pay cut who's wanting to just stack as many chips as possible, which is the Bryce Harper way. It's hard to say, but I, I, I think that uh I think that he's gonna get paid more than we think he is. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I mean I think he's def- he's he's definitely gonna get paid one way or another. Somebody's gonna pay him. I mean that's how it is. For sure. You saw him last in the playoffs and there's always that recency bias mm. as well. So you know somebody's definitely gonna pay Rendon. Who do you think's gonna win this Yankees in a Astros series? Astros. I agree. I do. I think the pitching is just uh, both offenses are. I'm not going to say equally explosive, but explosive. I don't think that. Uh, I think that the Yankees pitching cannot withstand the Astros pitching, and I think that's going to be their uh, downfall. So we'll see. And I'm, I'm. I won't be surprised if the Yankees win. I'll say that. But I'm going to go with the Astros as my pick. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go with the Astros as well. I mean, I think the pitching's too much for them. I mean, Garrett Cole is just so dominant. You know, I just don't really see any way that um that they can beat them with their pitching. The Yankees pitching just is not that great. You know, it's too inconsistent, truly. So. Are we going to do this NFC talk or are we going to hold it? Because I do like, I want to talk about this. No, let's do it. Okay. Let's, let's uh, do it. Who's your top dog in the NFC? You get, you get things going for us, Brett. I'm going to have to go with the 49ers. This is the team that really came out of the gates and has shocked everyone, including myself. Uh, I completely was not expecting a team to play or a team like this to play as well as they have. I mean, this is a team that only has been outperformed on defense by the Patriots. Uh, I think they've had a little bit of a harder schedule than the Patriots. They're averaging on defense on the defensive side of things, 237 yards given up per game. Total yards, that's insane. Their offense is putting up over 400 yards a game. That's for good for top five in the league. Overall, they've just been an incredible team. I don't want to even touch them. They're leading the league minus the Baltimore Ravens with the Baltimore Ravens with a mobile quarterback, which the 49ers do not have in rushing. They're averaging about 180. This is a team that I just was not expecting. I didn't have on my radar. They have played phenomenal and that I can't discredit them at this point. They are the top dog and I'm not going to say that they will continue to be the top dog. But I think they have a really good chance at doing so. And like I said earlier, we might get the uh, Brady Garoppolo Super Bowl. Who knows? 
Let me ask you this. Who do you think is going to win the NFC regular season-wise? Who's going to be the number one seed? And who do you think will be in the Super Bowl representing them? 49ers for both? Hmm. Um, I'm going to get up to the NFC Championship game, and I'm not going to pick my Cowboys because that's when the Cowboys might actually get there. I'm going to go, you know, say, like, they don't get there and, like, you know, how that works. But I think it's going to be... Realistically, Packers versus 49ers in the NFC Championship. I think, all right, so first off, I'm going to go with the 49ers as having the best record in the NFC in the playoffs. I think that they can win one game just because the fact that Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. We see him rotating all these running backs. They're averaging over 200 yards a game on the ground. We saw them absolutely destroy the Rams on the ground. This defense, though, is unbelievable. Think about all the first-round picks. Insane. D. Ford, Solomon Thomas. They have um, Solomon Thomas can hardly DeForest. even get on the field, and they're playing yeah, as well. DeFore- yeah, DeForest Buckner, um, Bosa. You know, this team is stacked. They are absolutely stacked. Imagine if they didn't lose Reuben Foster, how much more stacked they'd be. I'm, but, I mean, this defense, the pressure they were being by just blitzing that front forward, unbelievable. The 49ers... I picked them to win their division. I think they will have the number one record in the NFC when the regular season is over. How many games is that? 13? What, that they would need to to win the NFC? Yeah, 13? Yeah. 12 with a tiebreaker? I say 12 or 13. The NFC is tough. It's very tough. But, I mean, I think that the 49ers will come out of it. In the playoffs, I like the 49ers to win the first game because Kyle Shanahan's going to have so long to scheme and everything. It's kind of like how McVay was with uh, Dallas. He had so much time to make a game plan. When you have two weeks to prepare for a team and to get your game plan ready, I mean, for a coach as smart as Kyle Shanahan. With a game in between as well. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So I think Kyle Shanahan will have a field day with that. All that being said i think whoever comes out between the packers and the saints will go to the super bowl and i mean it's i i i hate picking the saints but i feel like when drew Brees comes back that he is that good and they have that good of a defense and that good of a team that he can get this team into the super bowl they're I'm, gonna have the chance i'm glad that you brought the in. nfc south into it and i agree with you on the saints because their defense has been really well in his absence or been playing defense really well in what, his absence Defense is what wins in January and February. Yeah, and, and they've been playing great in his absence. And I will say, since you brought up this NFC South, and the second place team in the NFC South is the Carolina Panthers, and I think that we are never going to see Cam Newton in a Carolina or playing in a Carolina Panthers jersey again. Wow, that's a hot take. How you like that? Wow. TP three. I. It's a hot take with TP3 right there. That is a hot take right there. I think we will see Cam Newton again at some point. Look, I'm still not – Kyle Allen might not have a turnover. I'm still not sold on him. They get the 49ers after their bye week in San Francisco. That'll be a big telltale sign. Then after that, they get the Titans and at the Packers. I think after those games, potentially they will have made their mind up because next they play Atlanta at home. So – I think after those couple games, if Kyle Allen's still killing it, they will stick with him. If not, then we'll see Cam Newton again. For some reason, Cam Newton, though, I think this is his last year in Carolina, no matter what. And for some reason, I will say, like Cam Newton is a Denver Bronco next year. That dude, I was gonna fucking Broncos. Were you literally gonna say that? You cannot be stealing my lines like that, man. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that all day today. I was like, where would Cam? Dude, we had a massive debate on the sales floor at fucking Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We were talking about Cam Newton, where he's gonna go, and I think that is a great spot for him. Or hear me out here, Indy. Yeah, I like both those, honestly. I think both those are good spots. Both those already have kind of winning teams. You know, Brissett and Newton play a little similar. I think just whatever team already has a good defense, if you have a good defense and you're willing to kind of change your offense over to Cam Newton, plus I think Cam Newton will be productive with the new team. I think it'll, you know, I feel like he's the kind of guy who will play better with a chip on his shoulder like that. I feel like it'll really drive him. But also when Cam Newton's healthy, 
he's unstoppable. That year when they went to the Super Bowl, he was healthy the whole year. After that, I really don't think he's been 100% healthy. And I mean, well, I've I'm more so be- worried about his just in general, his long term health. I think that he's dealt with so many nagging injuries over the years that I think that he's in a position where I don't know if he's ever going to be 100% again in terms of like what we have seen of Cam Newton in the past. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. I could be wrong, and I hope I am. But he just dealt with so many nagging injuries, shoulder injuries, surgeries, all types of things, and I'm just, it's hard to say. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think Cam will bounce back no matter what happens to him. Um, All right, ready to do it? The bets? Oh, dude, the bets. I, I thought we were wrapping up. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, how do you want to do this? You want me to go, I'll do my college football bet. You do your college football bet. Then you can start NFL. How do you want to do it? Perfect. Awesome. That works perfect with me. So my, my pick right here is going to my college football lock. This means that this is a pick that I am saying that is going to guarantee to happen is going to be LSU as 18 and a half point favorites over Mississippi State. This is a Mississippi State team that just lost by 10 to the worst team that the SEC has ever seen in Tennessee. They lost to Auburn by a good 30-plus points. LSU is going to come in. This is a sandwich game for them like we talked about earlier. They're going to come in, and they're going to get this whole entire game taken care of early. I don't think that Mississippi State has the firepower to stick with them. They scored 10 points against Tennessee's defense. Tennessee's defense held them to 10 points. I don't think that they can even score 10 points against LSU. And I think that it's a cakewalk for LSU to score 30-plus on them. This is a lock, man. Great odds, too, for it. I kind of lean with Mississippi State. It's a classic sandwich game here for LSU. First, they're uh, they play they got Auburn on deck, and they just came off a big game against Florida. LSU's offense can light it up. I could see Mississippi State possibly slipping through the back door. I could see them letting Mississippi State hang around a little bit in this game. Um, you know, it's they're at else might be able to LSU though. See the how good this offense is i'm not really prepared i don't want to get in front of that offense but at the same time i don't really feel comfortable you know laying the lumber here with them so i would stay i'm staying away from this one personally but hey brett's got the stronger edge so go with him not me dude i'm no chance dude mississippi state is so bad and lsu has just played so damn good i can't can't take it away from them they have played well but i mean I don't know, man. The sandwich game is real, especially in college. You know, college kids, they can lose entrance easily when it comes to games like that. Sandwich games are real, but we're talking about a team that just put up a whopping total of 10 points against Tennessee. So, hey, We'll see. We'll see. Um, for mine, I'm going to go with Penn State minus nine against Michigan State. I will lay the lumber here with Penn State. Look, I love this spot, actually, for Penn State. They're at home. It's going to be a wide out. I mean, we've seen all the crazy things that happen in Penn State on a whiteout. We saw Ohio State come in there and lose. We saw them get taken to overtime when Penn State was 14-point dogs. This Penn State team's pretty good. Um, honestly, Sean, Sean Clifford has been doing a decent job with his offense. He's been killing it with his legs. Um, I, You know, I honestly thought Penn State would slip up there a couple times. But I think this is a game that plays perfect for him. Michigan's offense is not good. They could not move the ball at all against Iowa, really. Penn State fared a little bit better. I mean, it's going to be a tough nose, grinded out kind of game. But I think Penn State will absolutely come out on top here. Mm-hmm. I like them. Crazy enough, this game, this spread started when the betting first opened for it. It started at Penn State at plus four and a half. Yeah, that was at the beginning of the season, and now yeah. they're the favorite. Now they're the, yeah. That's crazy that the openings lot season line was at that. That's how much I love looking at the opening was. line. It's crazy. Oh, it's so much fun just to see how much you know better the teams gotten or how much how much teams underperformed from our expectations. <laughs> yeah, so I agree with you on that one. I like Penn State uh, at home against Michigan, a Michigan team that the king of underachieving. Uh, I think that they'll wrap that one up pretty easily with uh, maybe. Man, I just never like to bet on these uh, Big Ten games because things can just get so weird with them. Like, 
every once in a while they just have like a 13-10 slugfest, which makes no sense. But I like that one. Uh, do you want to go ahead and go with your NFL pick? This is what we're all yeah, talking let's about. do my Picking NFL pick too, as well. Um, I'm going to go with Redskins. The Redskins um, are at home this week, and they're 15-point underdogs to the 49ers. But I'm actually going to go with the under in this game at 42-and-a-half or at 42. I like, I really do not see the Redskins being able to move the ball at all. I mean, they could barely even move the ball on the freaking Dolphins last week. The 49ers arguably have the best defense in the NFL. That team is legit. I see them completely coming in here and rolling over the Redskins. That being said, 49ers average 200 yards per game on the ground. They run the ball the most of any team in the league. What do you think Kyle Shanahan's going to do? He's going to run the ball down their throats the entire game. I look for the clock to be moving and the 49ers to kind of, you know, kind of try to get out of there with a quick, easy little win. I love the 49ers here. I mean, I'd be surprised if the Redskins score more than three points or even if they, I could see the Redskins getting shut out. So I see like a 27 to three, like 31 to three kind of game. I think we'd cash that one pretty easily. No, I really like that pick. I think that the fact that you can get it as 10 point favorites on plus 100 odds is phenomenal. Uh, you got to roll the dice on that one for sure. I'm in agreement with you on that one. Probably would have picked it if you didn't. Um, I know that you were going to pick it. I'm actually going to change my say, pick. Let me say one last thing, too, that I forgot to say real quick. Sorry. Um, the under when a team, when the home team is a double-digit dog is twenty is a 27 and four with the under hitting 27 times and it only going over four times so that's when the home team's a double digit dog as well which plays in there and it's pretty nice that that system is backed you know like all the logic goes along with that system so i think we should cash that pretty easily but sorry go ahead no i i would cash i would place a bet on the whole entire the under and the spread straight up would do it in a heartbeat. My pick for the NFL is going to be my lock this week is going to be the spread for Jacksonville at negative three and a half over Cincinnati on the road. Uh, Cincinnati has played the run absolutely horrible. Uh, Leonard Fournette has actually been playing really well this season. I think that Jacksonville has got some tough defensive matchups this season. And I think this is actually going to be one that's going to be very favorable on Jacksonville's side. I don't think Cincinnati is a very good team at all. And I think that even if it's closer than I think it will be, I still think that four points gets covered. I think Jacksonville is a lock this week. Yeah, you know, the Bengals are 0-6, plus Jacksonville's only 2-4. and They can still, you know, hang in the playoff race here if with a win. They're not done yet. I mean, like you said, they'll be looking to bounce back here, you know, after they, they had chances against the Saints. They just couldn't quite put it in the end zone. So, you know, I, I don't know if I'll end up playing this one or not, but I like Jacksonville for sure. I mean, Jacksonville was a two-point conversion away from knocking off the Texans, too. Yeah, that is crazy to think about, too. You know, Jacksonville's a good... Jacksonville's not a bad pick at all. I definitely like that one. Just don't know if I'll play. I mean, Jacksonville, Leonard Fournette ran over the Titans like it was nothing. Um, I, that was we, a weird game because he wasn't doing anything for three quarters by anything. I mean, he was like negative, I'm pretty sure. And then broke out in the fourth quarter. And ever since then, he's been a different player. I think he's played really well since that game. And I don't think that Cincinnati even stands a chance this week really I, I Cincinnati is a very bad team I can't decide who's worse them or the Dolphins because the Dolphins had that historically bad start but the Cincinnati Bengals just seem to be getting worse and just worse hey, and worse you gotta remember this though Cincinnati's gotta win one eventually do they play the Dolphins I don't know actually um, let me think about that. I don't, I don't think they do play each other. I want to think so, but you never do know with these schedule makers. Uh, they do not. Wait, yeah, they do. There yeah, go. they do. Oh, there yes, you they go. do. And it's the last, the second to last game of the season. We might see two teams that do not have a win play. And oh, fourteen. That might be a big one, man. Tony Romo might be calling that one too. What's on CBS? Are you watching this Hawks game at all? Nope. 
Damn, Vince Carter just hit a three-pointer with uh, a minute and 30 seconds left to put us in the lead. It was pretty nasty. What's he got, like a 20-piece tonight? Nah, he's barely even played, but he just sprayed one with a hand in his face. He's got 17 points tonight. Does he really? Dude, he he came in there and scored 14 out of 16 in like the second quarter. Oh, yeah. that that See, that was when I wasn't watching. <laughs> He'll get you, man. Vince will sneak up on you. No, he will. Yeah, see, I was watching a little bit of that uh, Troy-South Alabama game during the second quarter. See, that's the only little bit of the Hawks game that I was able to watch. And okay. he was going off earlier, so... Yeah, see, I started watching the beginning, and then I started watching the Detroit-South Alabama game, and honestly forgot our game was on while I was cooking, and then threw it back on in the third. But, yeah, that's, uh, back to get back on topic, though. That's all I got for you guys today, Brett. I appreciate um, you coming on and us being able to do this again together. We're definitely going to try to keep doing them again together. Me and Brett, I mean, Brett, we got the NBA season come up. We need to do a Western Conference uh, preview. I've already I've already done the East. I'm looking forward to uh, having this like the sports equinox back uh, that will be fun um, I think mm-hmm. that I actually kind of remember we kind of started uh, around this time last year doing podcasts together around the sports equinox time so it's been a, almost a full year since our mm-hmm. podcasting relationship started um, yeah uh, we're kind of doing a little collaboration where he's going to drop this on TRP I'm going to drop this on the role player, the role player is actually going through a little bit of a uh, transitional phase. I'm trying to uh, rejuvenate the role player, so uh, we'll we'll see how this kind of goes about. Uh, I'm trying to. I talked to Thomas about doing the two episodes, and then hinted at what our third episode on a week to week basis would be. So stay tuned. Follow the account at trp or underscore sports. Got some really good content on there all the time. I am constantly on that thing. Posting stupid stuff often, but stupid funny things. So do follow us. And that's it for me. Peace. Good good shit.